Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolutely fantastic to see you all. A big welcome and if you're listening at home on podcast, we do really welcome you too. Thanks for tuning in. So, it's my privilege this morning to wrap up our teaching series, which is Be Rich. So, for the last three weeks, including today, we've been looking at this series of giving, generosity, and what that means. And I'm going to be wrapping it up today with an incredible story from the Bible. But before we get there, just a little bit of a recap for maybe those of you who weren't here, or those of you who have been to sleep since, and may have forgotten a little bit like me, we can lose things overnight. We've been looking at how to be generous, and we've been thinking that actually generosity is not necessarily natural. We don't feel rich, but we are. We feel generous, but we aren't. And we were looking at a verse from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 19. And just a couple of verses here. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And last week, Dave just reminded us of these incredible truths that you invest in what you trust in. And trusting God means trusting God with money. So that's a little bit of a recap for you. And uh, my message this morning is called Generosity Wins. Can you turn to the person next to you and say, Generosity Wins. I wonder if we really believe it. So give me a wave of hands here if you just love winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few people who were like, huh? Of course I love winning. Silly question. Did anybody not put their hand up? There were a few, a few of us that were like, not really bothered. Emily likes winning. Let's talk board games. Let's talk games. Who loves winning a good board game? Or a good pack of double or uno? Or We love winning, don't we? And some of us, in fact, are a lot more competitive than others. And sometimes at school, they tell children to soften everything. It's not the winning. It's the taking part. To which Dave says, rubbish. It's not about taking part. It's about winning. It's about taking this thing home and smashing it. So it's different approaches, isn't it, friends? But I think deep down, if we're really honest, we all actually, we want to win. It might not necessarily be the double or Monopoly or Cluedo, but actually, we want to win. 
in life, don't we? We want to win in the workplace. You want to win in the home. You feel like you're getting on top of the jobs. You're a foot ahead. Maybe you want to win in your relationships. You want to feel like you're part of relationships that are life-giving, that are on a winning track, not on a losing track. Maybe today you're here and you're thinking, I want to win in my own personal finance. I don't want to be stuck in debt, but I want to be winning. I want to get on a winning track. Friends, we all want to win, don't we? And actually, that's a good thing. Because that's something that is God-given because God wants us to progress. God wants us to take steps forward. God wants your life to go from one win to another win, to another win, to another win. Why? So you look amazing? No, because actually when you're winning, God is at work in your life. When you're winning, you can say to people, hey, look at me. I never thought I'd be able to get on top of my finances. I never thought I'd be able to get a job and stick in it for more than a week. But I'm winning. And it's because God is with me. We want to win, don't we? So this morning, if you want to win, then I hope just in these next few few moments, I'm going to throw out some keys and some things that my hope is that you can take hold of them and you can take them into tomorrow and into this following week and month, things that are going to help you win. And if you're already winning, we thank God, but guess what? There's more winning for you. And if you feel like you're all about losing at the moment, losing is the name, then God wants to take you from that place to a place where you feel like I'm winning. Does that sound good, church? So let's go. We are going to jump into a fantastic story this morning. It's in the book of John. John is one of the four Gospels. At the beginning of the New Testament are four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And they record the life and miracles of Jesus. And if ever you're not sure... What shall I read in this big book, the Bible, with 66 books? I would recommend go to Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. So here we go. We're in the book of John, chapter 6, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 14. It is up on the screen if you so wish to follow as well. Here we go. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is in the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude coming toward him. And he said to Philip, one of his disciples, Where shall we buy bread? that all of these may eat. But this he said to test Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. Pause. Sometimes, friends, God is actually testing you to see how you're going to respond. He already knows the answer. He already knows the outcome to your very situation that you're even in today. But often, God is testing you. Are you going to trust? 
Are you going to stand firm? Hold to your convictions. God is testing us. And we want to be people that are winning as we're passing those tests. Thanks, Kate. Philip answered him, 200 denario worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? There's a lad. He's only a boy. Boys don't know much about life because they've not grown up yet, have they? And he's got five loaves. Five loaves. Maybe his mum packed them. Us mums, we like to feed people. Maybe that day she gave that boy those five loaves. Son, you're going to need these. If you're going to hear Jesus, I hear it's not a quick hour's job. Son, you could be there five days. Son, you could be there five weeks, five months. Son, I don't know. Take five loaves. Five loaves. It's okay for one person. Might be okay for me. Not sure about you. And two small fish. Apologies. I could not go to the sea this morning on the way to church and find the fish. It's far too rushed for that. We get the drift. Two pieces of fish. It's okay for a boy. I don't think it's okay for you. Just a boy, maybe. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was so much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Pause. They only counted the men in those days. There would have been women and children that weren't counted. Some say there could have been up to double. There could have been 10,000 people. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down. Five loaves. You're the blessed one that's going to get the fish. (laughs) Don't eat it all. We need to share. And the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Pause. When you go to a buffet place like me, do you get as much as you want? Because you've paid one price. And maybe it's a British thing. We are going to stuff our plates crazy. Because we've paid $8.95 and we are going to get every bit of that $8.95 on our plate. That's eating as much as you want. And we need to hear this. Because as those disciples started to give of the bread and the fish, people didn't just say, I better just have a crumb because my mate Billy next to me is looking at me and he's wanting some. They ate as much bread as much fish as their little tummies could take. It's you at the buffet. They were eating in that way. But hang on, there were five loaves weren't there. 
didn't you just say there were two fish? Verse 12. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments. Where's my fragments? You haven't ate them already. (laughs) Gather up. Gather up the fragments. That remains so nothing is lost. That's good stewardship, isn't it? Not just leave it, forget it, walk off. We're going to look after. We're going to take care of every bit of resource that we've got. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. What an incredible story. Friends, how would you have felt that day if you were part of the crowd that ate of the barley loaves and tasted of the fish? And then you saw that once, probably getting on to 10,000 people, had eaten from five loaves and two fish, there was still some left over to fill 12 baskets. Like, you'd be talking about it all week, all month. Like, you'd be putting it on Facebook if they had Facebook back then. It would be plastered over Twitter. There'd be photos everywhere because they had witnessed an incredible miracle. But actually, you see, I want us to go back to the very root of the miracle. And the very root of the miracle started with a little lad who decided, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be generous. Because friends, you've got to ask yourself, did anybody else in the crowd that day have a little bit of food tucked away in their rucksack or in their plastic bag? I think we'd all say, agreeing, definitely. There would have been mums there. Mums, we never leave the house without food. Even if I go around the corner, I'm taking bananas and drinks. And There would have been people there. They would have had a lunch bag. They would have had food. But for whatever reason, they weren't coming forward. They weren't being generous. But something in that boy rose up and he thought, do you know what? I've only got five loaves and I've only got two fish, but just maybe, just maybe, maybe something can happen. And here's the thing, here's the thing, the first thing for us today, generosity wins when he understands this. Generosity thinks bigger. You see, that day, that boy started thinking bigger than himself. He started thinking, yeah, but if I give my lunch pack away, then I'm going to have nothing. Or I might just have the tiniest little bit of crumb. That's not fair. I don't like the thought of that. But no, not this little boy. He had a spirit that started to think bigger. He started to think, well, maybe today, maybe my lunch, maybe it can, it can be bigger than just feeding my little tummy. Maybe.
maybe my lunch today, maybe it can, it, it can go further. Maybe my lunch today can just, it can be bigger. And friends, do you know that God wants to call you to a life of generosity that thinks bigger? God wants you to think bigger. Think bigger than, well, this is my situation and this is my lot. But yeah, but if you give it to God, I wonder what he wants to do with your lot. I wonder what he wants to do. You see, generosity thinks bigger. It's not just me, myself, I and my lunch bag and my needs and my dreams and my hopes and my money. Generosity starts to help us to think so much bigger. But how about those around me? How about the people in my world? How about maybe if, 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 just, if I just trust God with this amount of money or if I just trust God with this portion of my time, just maybe something bigger will happen than what I even think. And here's the second thing. You see, generosity precedes a miracle. Generosity will come before your miracle. Generosity will come before your breakthrough. Generosity will come before you've got the answer on your lap and in your hand or in your bank account. Generosity comes before. But we don't like that, friends. Because, well, surely if it was the other way, and I could see that the answer was coming and I could see there was going to be a movement in my finances and I could see that if I sow that amount of time, I'm going to be blessed. Then we'd do it. But actually, no, no, no. Because it's all about trust. It's all about trust. But as we give, as we're generous, we'll then see the promise come to fruition. You'll then see the breakthrough You'll then see it. And friends, you don't know what you're on the verge of seeing. You don't know what God wants to do in your life. But generosity always comes first. Why? Because God can say, wow, that little boy, he trusts me. Gwen, she trusts me because it's hard, but she's still making the right calls. She's still being generous with money, time, talent. She trusts me. And then we see the breakthrough. And thirdly, generosity leaves impact. Like seriously, imagine the story that day. The boy gets home. Mum opens the door. Billy, how was it? Did you meet Jesus? Mum, Mum. You'll never believe what... Billy, did you eat your lunch? Did you eat your lunch, Billy? Mum, that's what I'm trying to tell you about, Mum. Can you imagine? Little Billy, Mum, you'll never guess what happened. You know, there's, you know, there's two things. I gave it to Jesus and you'll never believe it. The impact little Billy had, the impact little Billy's generosity had that day would have lived with him for a lifetime. And it didn't just impact little Billy's life. It actually impacted hundreds and thousands of people. Because just maybe someone else was in that crowd and they watched before their very eyes the miracle. And maybe in their rucksack, they'd got five loaves and two fish. 
And maybe as they looked on, they could have thought, wow, maybe I should have given what I had. Maybe I shouldn't have held on. Maybe I should have been generous. Because maybe I could have been part of that miracle. And your generosity, friends, it carries impact. It carries more impact than what you think, than what you imagine. And sometimes you will not see the impact of your generosity immediately. You may do, and that's fantastic. But often our impact, we can see it weeks, months, sometimes years down the line, where we see the impact of your generosity. Wow. I want to be like little Billy to you. I want to have a spirit like little Billy because generosity wins. And I just want to take us in the next few minutes. I just want to teach us real simple stuff of how we can be generous on a day-to-day basis. And this is going to be real practical because I want to give you stuff that you can put in your hand and you can put in your back and you can take it home and you can start living it and you can start walking it. So are you good for that? Are you ready for that? Turn to the person next to you and say, are you ready for this? How to be generous. Here we go. Three real simple things. First one is you can be generous with your time. Everyone say time. Oh, time. 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, and there's nowhere on eBay you can go to buy more of it. Is there? Doesn't matter how rich you are, you can't buy more time. Simple. And this is a huge, a huge area, friends, that I want to encourage you to journey more and to think about more how you can be more generous with your time. You see, time is so precious to each one of us, isn't it? And we want to guard our time, and that is wise. And we want to sow our time into things that are going to win and that are going to prosper. But I just feel that every, every week, every month, we need to just keep asking God, God, how do you want me to be generous with my time? Just some examples. Maybe there's projects in your community, on your doorstep, things that you've got a heart that gets drawn to it. Maybe God is starting to whisper, give an hour of your time a week. Give two hours of your time a month. Maybe that's something you need to start asking God about. Maybe you need to go with those promptings. I want to say a huge thank you to every single person here and listening at home that serves on our LCC teams here. We have incredible teams from hospitality to hosting to finance to our children. And I want to thank each of you for every moment, every hour that you generously give. Because like we said about little Billy, it's having an impact it's having an impact. And I want to encourage the rest of you. Maybe you're not on a team. I want to encourage you. Why not think about, I'm going to start generously giving of my time 
Maybe there's a team that you think, I've got something to bring. I've got something I can throw into the pot. I want to get involved in that that team. And that would be a wonderful thing for you to consider. We have wonderful things in in the town of Leamington. Open hands, food banks, cat courses, parent and toddler groups. So many projects that require generous people to sow in some of their time. And I just want to just share with you real quick, a few months ago, a friend of mine came to me and she said, Leanne, somebody had actually passed away and she said, will you come clothes shopping with me so I can get an appropriate outfit for the funeral? And as I was listening, I got the dates and it was the following week and I just thought, oh no, that week is so busy. And I just said to my friend, I'm just going to chat my diary when I get home and I'll get back to you. And I got home and I looked at my days and every day was literally full. And I thought, I can't do it. And then I waited. And it's good to always confer with God about everything, friends. Give him your diary and ask him to give you some wisdom. So I sat there and I was like, God, what do you want me to do? And I felt God say, give her some of your time. So I thought, right, I'm going to do it. So I phoned up my friend and said, hey, I've got like two hours on Wednesday afternoon. But here's what we can do. We can pray for the blessing of God as soon as we get to those shops. And we can pray that we'll find an outfit real quick. And then maybe we'll be done in two hours. And we can even squeeze a coffee in in two hours. So I met my friend in Coventry and we went round and God was good. The second shop we went into, she found a a dress that she loved. And we were were done in like less than an hour and she said, I need to go find shoes. So I said, let's go to New Look. I'll meet you in New Look. I need to stop off at another shop. And as I stopped off at another shop, I saw somebody outside a shop who is actually one of the mums from my school. And this had actually been a mum that was really on my heart, but I'd never had any opportunity to connect with her. And as I walked past, I said, hey, we, we go to the same school, our children, and we got chatting and cut a long story short. She'd said to God that very morning, she believed in God but she was very far away. An awful lot had gone on in her life. And she said, God, I'm asking you that I will meet a Christian. She said, send one Christian into my life this week. She said, and I will know that you are listening to me. And she said that that morning she always went to get the Wi-Fi on her phone free from Ikea good place there guys cheap coffee free wi-fi and she said she had this feeling she had this sense don't go to ikea this morning go and stand near new look so she was standing out new look on her phone when i came on by and we got chatting and long story short we prayed she then actually did an alpha course with me a few weeks later and guys All of that happened because of one thing. I decided 
I'm going to be generous with my time. I'm going to be generous. That was it. One simple little decision. You don't know the impact your generosity can have. How else can we be generous? With our talents. Wow. You see, the little boy, he gave what he had. He didn't give what he didn't have. He gave what was in his hand, the tuna and the bread. But he gave it with a generous heart. Friends, what's in your hand? What's in your life? What talents, what gifts, abilities, skill set? What's in your bag? Don't tell me nothing's in it. No. God has given every single one of us gifts. All right, some of us might have three and some of us might have 30. Does it matter? Does it matter? It's about what you're doing with your bag, not how much is in the bag. What's in your hand? Because you see, I believe that God wants you to generously give of your talents. Maybe here in this local church, out in the community, in relationships that you have, what's in your hand. And the last way that we can be generous is through our treasures. And we've spoken the last few weeks, as you know, about giving and finance. But you see, God wants you to be generous with your treasure, with your money, with your finance. And something that we often say is, if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. He wants to see that he can get stuff through you. Will you bless when there's an opportunity to bless? Will you be generous when you see a genuine need that you can be the solution to? If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Friends, this morning, maybe God is saying, be generous more with your time, with your talents, with your treasures. We can all be generous in one way. And just in wrapping up, generosity. God had a middle name. Don't stone me now. I know this isn't completely theological. If God had a middle name, one of his middle names would be generosity. Because actually, generosity is from the front of the Bible all the way through right to the end. And we can sum it up in one, one verse, John 3, 16. And here it is. We know this verse, some of us. We quote it. We have it on our plaques in our kitchen. And this is it. For God so loved the world. Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What's that word in the middle? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He gave it all. There was nothing else in heaven more prized than the Son. And he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. And friends, here's our role model. How is God calling you to give? How is God calling you to be generous? 
How is God calling you to increase? Because friends, generosity wins. Every time, hands down, generosity wins. And I just want to finish by reading a verse from Proverbs. It's Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. There is one who scatters, that's given, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds, it's mine, it's mine. No, it's mine. But it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Choice is yours, friends. If generosity wins, are we going to have hands that are open? or hands that are closed. The choice is yours. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.